0: Good morning. I'm glad to see we're still excited after. Never mind, we're still excited, right? We just won't even mention it. We're good to go, right? I saw one LSU shirt around here, and that little. Where's that little? Look at it. Look, he is standing in the back wearing that thing with pride. Woo, man! But hey, today, um, I don't know about you, but I love chaos. I love embrace the, what do you say, embrace the mess? Yeah, it's a mess. We got a lot of kids. We got a lot of people. But this is what the church looks like when a family gets to lock arms and serve together today. And so from the bottom of my heart, number one, I want to say thank you to each and every person um, that's here this morning. Number one, there's two things that have happened. The thing that first we celebrate is the fact that you're here is the fact that we know God has spoken to you individually to be here. But even what we also need to celebrate is not only did God speak, but you responded to that speaking. You put your yes on the table and you said, look, I know today may be a little uncomfortable. I know I may be getting stretched today. I know I may be getting asked to do something that I don't normally do. And so today I'm stepping out on faith that I'm just going to trust God with the results. This is when good stuff happens. Is when we step out on that faith when we don't know what today's gonna look like, when we don't know how it's gonna go, and I'm gonna share a little bit about that, but first, I just wanted to say thank you um, to you as a church for putting your yes on the table, for being obedient, for listening to the Lord, Uh, but I don't know why I felt impressed. Also, moms and dads, I wanna thank you. Moms and dads, I want to thank you for setting the platform to allow your kids to serve alongside you today. Because moms and dads, you are never more like Christ than when you're serving and loving other people. And so you've got these little feet that are gonna be following you around everywhere today. And guess what? They're gonna watch you love people and they're gonna reproduce what you're doing. So thank you moms and dads for doing that. Um, But I also wanna prepare you for today. Okay, there's a passage of scripture we're gonna be looking at this morning, and and no, I'm not gonna be long. The kitchen team has told me that I have to hold you hostage until 1045, okay? I don't know if you have smelled the overwhelming sense of garlic. Has anybody smelled that today? The back doors have been closed, but boy, we got on the back elevator this morning and it was ripe. There was some garlic, so probably after today, you won't care about garlic or spaghetti noodles for a long time, but we'll do it in the name of Jesus. but what we're gonna look at today just very quickly is, is gonna help you prepare as to what you could possibly be seeing today, okay? Um, but in Matthew chapter nine, uh, what we're gonna look at this morning just very quickly is where we're looking at in Matthew chapter nine, Jesus is deep into his ministry. He's been healing, he's been serving, he's been loving, he's been doing things that are absolutely leaving people scratching their head. And when you look in chapter nine, verses 18 through the rest of that chapter, What you read are all of the miracles that Jesus has been involved in up to this point. He's brought a man's daughter back to life. He's healed a woman of blood. And man, what I love about that that story in and of itself is that Jesus just heals somebody by accident almost. Like he's just wandering along, doing what Jesus does. And then all of a sudden, a lady touches the hem of his garment and he flees and feels his healing power leave his body. And then he turns and goes, wait a minute, who just touched me? Who did I just heal? And so we love that because that's just who Jesus is. Jesus is just in the healing business. Also, he healed two blind men. There was a demon-possessed man that was mute and we know that he casted out the demon and gave the man the opportunity to speak again. But everywhere Jesus went, lives were being changed. Everywhere that Jesus went, lives were being changed. The crowds were amazed. But here's what's interesting about all of this playing out. While he was impacting everyone that he came in contact with, what we're gonna read is this today. Not only was he impacting everyone, but everyone was impacting him. And you may think, well, wait a minute, Jesus was the one doing all the work. Yes, Jesus was the one healing. Jesus, the one was loving. So not only was Jesus impacting all of those he came in contact with, but also Jesus was letting everyone he came in contact with impact him. And that's what I want us to look at just very quickly this morning. I want you, if you have your Bible, you may not, because I know things are different this morning. You didn't come as a biblical study this morning. So I'm just gonna challenge you. I'm gonna encourage you. So maybe we'll have them on the screen. You can read that. But starting in verse 35 of chapter nine, the gospel of Matthew. It says, Jesus was going through all of the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And he was healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. You know, as we read that, we look, and this is exactly our mission statement here. Our mission statement here is to saturate the world with the good news. You do realize that's what Jesus is doing right now in verse 35 is he is saturating his community. Instead that he's going to the villages, he's going to the cities, he's proclaiming the name of, of God. He is healing people physically, he's healing people spiritually. So he is saturating the community in more ways than we can even comprehend but he's going to all across these villages, all across these towns. And what I want you to understand is what we are doing today is trying to imitate that of what Jesus is doing. My job, our staff job, our team's job is to to equip the saints for the work. Our job is to put you in a position to where you can be like Christ. And so first thing we have to do is we gotta get outside here. And so when we go out today We're doing and modeling exactly what it is that Jesus is doing. So as he went to all of these cities, you gotta realize that Jesus was being exposed to a lot of things. He was seeing a lot of needs. And the thing about it is the more Jesus saw, the more needs he recognized. The more places Jesus went, the more hurt he was seeing, the more poverty he was seeing, the more, the more his eyes were opened to the needs of the community, to the needs of the city, to the needs of these villages that he was going into. And so we know that because of that, he taught more. He shared the gospel. He healed physically. He healed spiritually. He saw people at their lowest of lows. Now, look, not every person today is going to be coming in contact with people who are at their lowest of lows. Some of you are going to be going to people that all we're doing is encouraging them. Maybe they're on the, maybe they're on the the, the mountaintop of their life, but we are going to be seeing some people today that are hurting, that are broken. My family yesterday, we're going um, to a community actually right across the street and I had a, 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 not all, I had my kids, so then I had about four additional kids and we were going and knocking door to door, letting them know that we were going to be in their community today. And as I'm walking out of a driveway, a lady pulls in behind me and and her and her husband get out and I didn't think anybody was home, but the reality is is all she wanted to do is this woman got out and she didn't even live there, but what she let me know is that her mom lives inside. Her mom is in her mid 70s and and what this daughter began to do is begin to spill her mom's life story to me, saying that her son had committed suicide, that she had lost four of her own children And what she began to do is let me know that her mom needed to be loved. And so, man, I I just sat there yesterday. I said, thank you, God. Because God, that was one of those opportunities where I didn't give all the lady the answers, but guess what, I gave her my ear. And that's all she wanted. She wanted to let me know that her mom was hurting. But what is awesome is we get to go back today and we get to love on her mom. And we get to take her spaghetti noodles. And a lot of garlic. So anyway, so she may be calling us next week asking what we did to her mom. But anyway, but what I love about that is where we have to be so very careful as we go from village to village, as we go from city to city, as we go from community to community today, the first challenge I want us to do is I want us to look at what Jesus did or, or better yet, let's look at what Jesus did didn't do. Because we're all fleshly people. We're all people who love to be told we're doing a great job. And so what I want you to do is let's recognize and pay attention to what Jesus didn't do. You think about it. Jesus, everybody he comes in contact with, he's changing their life. He's healing them physically. He's healing them spiritually. But the one thing that Jesus never stopped stopped to do was he never stopped to admire his own work. You see, today we're going to be in neighborhoods. You're going to get hugged. You're going to be told thank you probably 10,000 times for the most part today. So here's what I don't want us to do as a church. I don't want us to walk away going, you know what? Good job. Man, I knocked that one out of the park. Man, I know God is so proud of me. You know, man, whew, did you just see all those people I just fed? Because just truthfully, Yes, we always go to be a blessing, but we always leave being blessed. But let's don't focus so much that it is about us being blessed. Let's be like Jesus because Jesus never stopped to look back at what he's already done. Jesus, his focus always stayed on the people that he was around. And that's exactly what we see. He always stayed focused on something else. He was never focused on what he's already done. Look at verse 36. Look at what he sees. Seeing all the healing that he had done, seeing all of the good works that he did, seeing how great of a man he was. No, what does it say? Seeing the people. Seeing the people. He felt compassion for them because they were distressed. They were dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And so today, here's what I want to, the second challenge for today is don't look back. First one is don't look back and think how good of a job we're doing. Think about all the works that we're doing. Don't focus on everything that we're doing. We've got to keep our focus like that of Christ. And let's keep our eyes forward to where we are seeing the people that God has put in our presence. Let's look forward to who we're going to come in contact with today. Stay focused on the mission at hand. Because if you've ever served on the mission field, that word focus is something that we've always got to have in the back of our mind. Because truthfully, we can have all of the logistics played out. We can have how everything is supposed to go. We can have, have, have how the serving lines are supposed to look. We can have in our minds how this whole day is supposed to be planned out. But the reality is, is I hate to tell you this for all of you type A people. But when we get out there, the chances of it going the way we planned are absolutely slim to none. Right? So we're going to get out there today and things are not going to go as planned. So go ahead and have that in your mind. But what the enemy wants us to do is he wants us to focus on those distractions He wants all of us type A people, myself included, that when somebody doesn't line up in the right spot, when somebody's a little more aggressive and wants more noodles, that we all of a sudden we're like, oh, that's just not how I wrote this thing up. This is not how I want it to go. But you know what God has called me to do? And that's to be like his son, Jesus. Don't pay attention to the distractions, but see the people. See the people. See the people for who they are, for where they're at, and go ahead and be prepared that we've gotta be more focused on the brokenhearted than we do our circumstances. We've gotta be focused on the people that God is sending to us today. And my prayer is, is that we see them like Jesus did. We see them like sheep without a shepherd. You see the characteristics of a sheep without a shepherd are if the sheep don't have a shepherd, they're in danger. The sheep oftentimes feel alone. The most most dangerous thing about a sheep being without a shepherd is they are exposed. They're exposed to the enemy. And in their mind, they think no one cares. And so when we come in contact with people today, let's keep in mind that that's the emotion the emotion of a lot of the people that we will be coming in contact with. They will think nobody cares. Some of the people that we're going to be seeing today will feel alone. They're going to feel exposed. But truthfully, my prayer this entire week has been that we would see these people, the people that we're going to come in contact with the way that Jesus sees the people. And that's to have compassion on them, to want to meet them where they're at. But church, here is the part that I want you to wrap your mind around today. Here's the most humbling part about today. Here's the part that where we fall on our knees and say, God, I'm not worthy to even do this. Because what Jesus says, he says, seeing the people he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and they were dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Now look, Jesus has the power and the ability to meet all of their needs. He can speak it into existence. He can do what he wants to. Could Jesus take today and absolutely solve world hunger? Absolutely. He could speak it into existence. But what Jesus does, instead of just fixing all of the problems, he says, all right, disciples, come here. Come here. He calls all of his men together. Today, God is calling all of his church together. He is seeing the people. He's having compassion on them. He's broken hearted for them. But here's where we need to be humbled. God is calling us to be a part of their healing. I don't know about you, but I'm sitting. I woke up this morning thinking about what was in front of us, and I'm going, God, who am I to take your healing name to people today? God, you've got all authority. God, you've got all power. You could fix everything today, but God, you have set aside today. You have spoken into the life of our church and you are giving us an opportunity to lock arms with God Almighty and bring the healing power to people that we come in contact with today. That's a pretty big responsibility, church. That's a pretty high calling that God has given us an opportunity to go to the very people that he sees and it breaks his heart. Do you realize what kind of trust that is? Do you realize what kind of calling that is? That he has spoken your name, he has spoken to your family and he's saying, look, I want you to take my name today. Now look, we're gonna be tried, we're gonna be tested. I'll never forget last year. One of the funniest scenes, because I kind of spoke along the same lines last year of, look, things aren't always gonna go as they seem. And I don't think he would mind, but I was proud of him. That's why I'm gonna name his name right now. And he's probably already got his, he's gonna be putting his head down in just a minute. But I was serving with Michael Black last year. (laughs) Y'all already laugh. (laughs) See, Michael, they've already got you pinned. But I will never forget last year, we're serving a community We're giving them lunch. We're gonna be like Christ today. Are we gonna be received by everybody? No. And I'll never forget this young man walks up to Michael and he stares at Michael right in the face. And then he goes, and spits at his feet. And Michael looked at me and I remember I looked at Michael and I just went, And so Michael just put that Michael Black smile on his face because the supernatural power of God took a hold of Michael Black's life. And he said, you know what? I see the people, they're hurting. And my job is to have compassion on them the same way that my savior had compassion on me. Right? So look, let this shirt, let this shirt be a reminder. I'm going to Michael's buddy, Ralph. He's already shared with me this morning. Look, he's already back there going, oh no. He got cut off on the way to church this morning. He had to lock it up. So you know what his flesh did, right? What all of you would do, he pulled out beside him and got on it and said, here's my opportunity. I'm about to unload on this sucker because he just cut me off. But you know what? Ralph was telling me, he said, but you know what? He said, I pulled up. And he said, I know if I get out of this car, So it was pretty bad. And he said, if we get into an altercation, he said, all he's gonna see is love first. (laughs) So he said, I'm just gonna be quiet and I'm just gonna keep going to church. So let our church today be a testimony to what God has called us to do. Because the reality is, is as we're loving and serving people, we're gonna be persecuted just like Jesus was. Not everybody is going to welcome us today. Not everybody's going to meet us where we're at today because we're going to brokenhearted people. Hurt people hurt people. And so in verse 37 and 38, and I'm going to tie this thing up because kitchen team, are y'all not... Pre- Look, hey, is that the kitchen team? Did y'all smell the aroma of garlic coming? Is that some of the kitchen team in the back? I see Mac. No, they're all still back there. Hey, Mac, his whole family's back there. serving. So any of the kitchen team in here right now? Anybody? No, hey, y'all love on them from a distance because they stink. Um, But yes, tell them that you appreciate what they're doing. Serving food or preparing food for 2,500 people is quite the task. But anyway, um, verses 37 through 38. Listen to what Jesus tells the disciples when he calls them all together. He said, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest and send out the workers unto the harvest. Church, God has called us today to go out and harvest. The fields are ripe. The people are ready to be loved, but God has given us an opportunity to be a part of that healing process. And I know that there's a lot of you in this room right now that you're sitting there going, Brian, I I can't do this. I'm hurting myself. I'm hurting myself. My life's a mess. I heard, I read a quote somewhere along the lines of the last two weeks. It said, it was talking about the way that you get out of slumps, the way that you get out of ditches is you serve your way out. You serve your way out. And some of you are sitting here going back to what we mentioned last week. You're thinking there's no way that God can use me today. There is no way that God can use me today. You see, one of the locations that we will be going is back to the Budgetel Inn and and Robin has kept a a good relationship with the the community over there and, and has continued to go back and to build these relationships. And there's a lot of us in this room that have been going over there for some season. Maybe it was for a block party, maybe it was for the trunk or treat, whatever it may be, but you've been going for a time now. You've been loving on these people and I can guarantee you a lot of the people that have been going from here at a time in your life, you thought there's no way God can use me there's no way God can use me. I wanna give you a a little taste of these no way stories. For all of you that said there's no way God can use you today, um, this past Monday night our staff was able to do our staff Christmas party. And we were at a restaurant and we were sitting there with our our waiter and and as the waiter came up, I, 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 I took attention to him because I said, I know you from somewhere. And I was sitting there trying to process in my mind where I knew this guy from. And then it hit me in my mind, I thought, he's been to our church. He's been to our church. And so as he left the room, you know, I do what all Christians do and I talked about him behind his back, right? (laughs) So I told all the staff, I said, look, this guy's been, I know that guy from somewhere. I think I know who that is, he's been to our church. No, that's not who it is. (laughs) So we just kept on and I just kept in my mind going, golly, I know who that is. I know that guy from somewhere. But then all of a sudden, the young man walks back in our room and our, our table was set up in a big U shape. And he walks into our room and he looks at the middle of the room and he, he begins to gaze at our entire staff. And he says, what church are y'all from? And at that time, you know what I did? I jumped up. I said, I told y'all. I said, he's been to our church. And then all of a sudden, the young man looked at all of the staff and he. He looked at Jared and he was doing something like this. So I guess he kind of realized Jared was the one on the stage playing the guitar. This young man was somebody that we met at the Budgettel Inn. And he looked at our staff and he said, you know what? He said, your staff, you saved my life. You saved my life. Shane, did you go pick him up that morning? And the ironic thing is I don't think he would mind because I want you to pray for a guy named O'Shane. That is his name. And the reason I remembered is because he sat right there, right about where Richard's sitting. And he had a hat pulled down in his eye that morning as we dismissed. I walked over and I just sat with a young man and I put my arm around him and he broke, he broke. And so we got the opportunity to pray with him and and love on him that morning. But what he told us is he left the room that day. He said, your church saved my life. He said, I was headed to do some things that were not good. And the beauty part of that is since that time, this young man has got his own apartment. He's living very close to Lakewood Baptist Church so he can walk to church now. So we need to praise God that God allowed us to be a part of what he's doing out there. And so church, here's what I want you to see. When he walked out of that room, guess what I was doing? No way that just happened. No way that just happened. So church, there's going to be some no way things that happen today. And I am so excited that we get to be a part of what God is doing. But today, what I want you to do is look, some of you are sitting right now, you're sitting here wishing that I would shut up because you are so nervous, you're stressed out about today. Here's what I want you to do. The enemy is gonna plant every seed of doubt in your mind. He's gonna say, you can't do this. You can't speak to that person. You, you, I know what you did yesterday, so you're not even worthy to carry out my name today. So you know what you look today as that enemy throws all of those giants into your face this morning as we walk out of here. I want you to look at that giant straight in the eye and you say, you know what? You come to me with a spear and a sword, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. And so today as we go out church, I want us to go ahead and stand up because here's the truth. We talked a few weeks ago about being the fragrance of Christ, about being the aroma. You do realize that as we march out of here today, this is the victory parade because we've already won, we've already won. And so church, what we need to do this morning is we need to pray for God to do the no way things in all of our lives today. And we need to leave this place wanting to come back, scratching our head, saying there's no way that happened. There's no way that God used me. But I want us to celebrate that this morning before we go out, let's go out on top. Let's go out excited. Let's go out humbled that God has called us to be a part of his army today. And we're going to proclaim the name of who Jesus Christ is to all of this world this afternoon. So I love you and I'm excited how God's going to use us today.